0: Hormone Harmony is a supplement for women of all ages and all stages of menopause. And it's become a phenomenon. I hear that a bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony is by Happy Mammoth, the company dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients like herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to stressors, including hormonal changes that naturally occur throughout a woman's lifetime. They can help alleviate hot flashes, night sweats, and that feeling of being tired all the time. The biggest benefit, feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in the more than 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code datingwallgray at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code datingwallgray for 15% off today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether we found the one or are still searching, romantic relationships can be stressful sometimes. And I've learned that when I keep my emotions bottled up, it starts to affect me negatively. I know that therapy is a safe space to get things off my chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing me down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, how about giving BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, so it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire so you can get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash I'm Laura Stassi, and this is Dating While Gray, The Grown-Up's Guide to Love, Sex, and Relationships. On this episode, tolerating a vicious dog, taking in an unlikely housemate, and summoning the online dating spirits. Ah, the things we do for love. We've all done things to find love or to keep love that probably seemed totally reasonable in the heat of the moment. And then later, maybe when we told a friend or a brother or a sister or stopped to really think about what the heck we were doing, those decisions seemed totally not reasonable. You want to know some of the things I did for my husband during the two years we were separated? I edited some of his work papers. I made all the phone calls to set up the insurance and the utilities in his new house that he bought for himself. And when he asked me to drive him an hour north to pick up a pair of designer chairs he'd finally won in a bidding war on eBay, I said, sure. It was Saturday. It was Valentine's Day. And the chairs were right past Frederick, Maryland, a cute little date destination. I thought maybe this chore meant something more besides the chairs wouldn't fit in his own car. It did not. I know, I know. Don't worry, I can laugh about it now. And to be honest, I had ulterior motives for giving so much of myself. I was expecting to get something in return. Namely, I wanted him to want to get back together. I've learned my lesson. If I ever decide to go out of my way, it'll be with no expectations of getting something in return. And I have to admit, my ex has always been this way. When the heating system started leaking in my new house, he came over to help. When I bought a super heavy mirror and didn't know how to hang it, he showed up. He did all these things after it was perfectly clear to both of us that we were not getting back together, nor did either one of us want to. I think a lot of people do this subconscious emotional bargaining about how much we're willing to do and how far we're willing to go. Take Stephen Petro. He's an author and a journalist, and I knew from reading his work that he's had some serious health issues. Stephen told me that when he was diagnosed with testicular cancer in his late 20s, he broke up with his boyfriend. Over 30 years later, Stephen says he sometimes regrets making that decision, but he did it because he didn't want to be a burden on his new boyfriend. I was really impressed by his selflessness, and I wanted to know if he regrets any other decisions he's made when it comes to love. Here's our conversation.
1: I had been trying Match.com back back in the day. So here we're in the sort of early 2000s. And that wasn't yielding what I would call proper boyfriend candidates. What were they yielding? (laughs) How would you describe a proper
0: boyfriend candidate?
1: Uh, Somebody who might actually want to have a relationship and Uh. do something outside of the bedroom. So I have these two very good friends, and they had met through this matchmaker. And so when I started talking to this matchmaker, he explained to me some of his theories, which which, if I remember correctly, were we don't always know what we're seeking. Do you
0: remember what your parameters were that you thought you wanted?
1: My previous primary relationship had been with a writer, and all of my other boyfriends had been writers. and um, Those creative uses, types. Creative uh-uh. type uses his pen, <laughs> so on and so forth. And um, I did not wind up with that through, um, through Dale, who, who was the matchmaker. Uh, he was... Uh, He was actually a real estate agent who had retired. It was definitely not a creative type, not what I would have uh, set out after. And uh, so that sort of counterintuitive intelligence of of the matchmaker really um, brought us together and brought us together for, for 14 years overall and um
0: you know without getting into too many details of why your marriage ended which unless you would like to get into details of why your marriage ended
1: (laughs) you know i'll just i'll just say this we had pretty much come to the end of end of our marriage we had we had done a lot of work we had done couples therapy we also went to a canine psychologist because we had each brought two dogs into ah. our, our relationship, and they had some issues, which uh, oh. were really our largest um, issues. Sort of Seriously? like bringing children into into a marriage. So I had a cocker spaniel named Max, oh. who who was a rescue, goofy, sweet, oh. not a genius. I have How a I son to.
0: named Max. He's goofy <laughs> and sweet, but he is a genius. Of course, he's a genius, <laughs> Laura,
1: and uh, and. Jim had a Jack Russell, brilliant, crazy, and in love with her owner and very protective of her. There were a number of incidents, unfortunately, where Zoe attacked Max and, um, you know, resulting in stitches and blood and and significant vet bills. They were on Paxil, (laughs) antidepressant. I was on Lexapro. Jim wasn't on anything too bad for him. (laughs) Max, Max died, but Max was not murdered by Zoe, I have to just say that. <laughs> Zoe had also bitten me. And in the divorce, because Zoe had been Jim's doctor to start off with, uh, the law treated her like personal property. And so I asked for joint custody because by that point, I had warmed up to her. And, and frankly, I hope that the sharing of, of Zoe would allow us to bridge what was going to be a very difficult time and perhaps come out friends on the other side. But she wound up in the settlement agreement between, I think, a Cuisinart and a piece (laughs) of pottery on Uh, his side. And then I would say maybe three or four weeks later, he wrote me an email and said, would you be interested in having her full time? What I know, what? Because the new house he bought, a townhouse, was not accepting of dogs. In the end, I wound up, with Zoe full time, uh, and he said to me, "You know what this means is, I'm never going to see her again, and I'm never going to see you again, and oh. so we have not seen each other since you know since we actually left left the house that we were, were living in,
0: <sighs> and um, divorce is rough, man. It's just at the end, it just kind of gets yeah, gross. It,
1: it's, it's horrible, and I think you know I think that for many gay people, you know, we're sort of in this first wave of of getting married and then getting divorced, and Uh, did not give a lot of thought to, you know, the divorce part. And even though I write about, I've written a lot about LGBTQ issues and the importance of prenups, uh, I actually now know the importance of what's called a pet-nup. What do you think is
0: the backstory to him giving up the dog and then not ever being able to see either one of you again?
1: Well i'll just I'll just put on my reporter's hat here uh-huh. so I know he did meet someone else very soon after oh, because he oh. announced it on Facebook
0: oh lovely um,
1: and he did get another another puppy very soon after oh. so that's that's what I know to be true, as Oprah would say and um and oh. you know and more than that, I can only speculate and really why bother at this point? yeah, you know, I am very happy with her she's almost seventeen, she's in oh. fantastic health. she um she 's a lovely dog now with other people she doesn't she doesn't bite i haven't been bitten i haven't been bitten since the divorce i haven 't been to the e r so, so there you have it How old are you How old am I in real life or how old am I online
0: Oh okay
1: <laughs> I have two different ages i'm sixty two as I sit here and speak to you but uh on tinder i'm fifty eight
0: okay that's interesting um Tinder
1: Tinder Tell
0: me. <laughs> Why? Okay, my first question, why are you younger on Tinder than you are in real life? And I'm asking this as someone who I have never understood why people aren't upfront about their age. To me, if you're not getting older, that means you've died. So Mm -hmm. what's there not to embrace about the beautiful 60s for you?
1: It's taken me a little while to embrace the beauty of my sixties uh-huh. uh, on Tinder and some of the other apps. when I'm looking and setting parameters, age parameters, uh, I tend to use like round numbers, you know, and mm-hmm. you know like forty to seventy. so my thinking was, if I come in a hair under sixty, I will not be excluded from those who are you know, who are looking for roughly that age and gotcha and um, and so so. On first dates, I was always very upfront about saying, I'm not, you know, I'm not 58, I'm 60 or 61. But I will say, Laura, I was um, chatting with a guy on Tinder, and he wrote, and we had exchanged last names, so he had he Googled me, and he, he knew some of what I had written, and he knew my real age. And he said I was being dishonest, and that was a reflection of my values, oh. and that he didn't, you know, he didn't want to, you know, pursue this any further, and...
0: Even though he asked and you answered,
1: Yeah, you know, And um, so I said to him, "Well, you're very binary, and I think you're not <laughs> I think you're not the person for me.
0: I also have to uh, be devil's advocate, I guess. Uh-huh. 40. <laughs> I mean, that seems awfully young. So I was told that you should go 10 years either way, but now that mm-hmm. I'm almost 59, 49 mm-hmm. even sounds young to me. So, to go to anything younger than 49, so, okay, you tell me. <laughs> uh,
1: can you see yourself? I'm going I'm to let you <laughs> stew on that.
0: Can you see yourself? Laura,
1: it's, Laura, they're only numbers. They're only numbers. You know, I have been meeting and dating um, all sorts of people, all sorts of careers, lifestyles. And what are you looking for? Are you looking for just to go
0: out, or are you looking for another committed relationship?
1: Overall, I'm looking for another committed relationship. But as uh, a friend of mine uh, says, not every date needs to go on that same road. And so, um, you know, so some might not be you know, committed relationship material, but they might be really nice or fun people. I'm an optimist. I'm on four dating sites. Wow. I take introductions from friends yeah. and have met nice people that way. And recently, I've been working with a new matchmaker. So, you know, I'm trying to um, use the tools that are available to me, Although I do want to say I feel, I feel happy in the life that I have now. Mm-hmm. I remember a younger, a younger Stephen who didn't feel complete without a partner. I feel mm-hmm. like a complete person, and I think I've come to also learn at this point, you really can't be uh, with someone in a, in a healthy relationship if you're not complete yourself.
0: Shaving a few years off my age is not something I would do, but that's something Stephen's doing to find love, to each their own. Speaking of age, I'll tell you that since Stephen and I talked, I've had a birthday. I'm 59 now. Also, sadly, Stephen's dog died. Poor Zoe, getting rejected by Stephen's ex. Props to Stephen for taking in the dog, even if he originally saw Zoe as a way to remain connected to his ex. Just another thing Stephen did from a place of love.
2: Hey, it's Ponzi, and I'm one of the producers on Dating While Gray. This podcast has been a real education for me. I remember reading Laura's pitch for Dating While Gray and realizing that people in their 50s are just as bad at dating as my friends were in their 20s. But the biggest thing I've learned is how much this show resonates with all of you. I'm so excited that you enjoy Dating While Gray. New projects like this one rely on listener support. So I'm encouraging you to show your love for Laura and for Dating While Gray by clicking the link in the show notes or making a gift at wamu.org. Thanks. Maybe
0: it's not that some of us are more willing to do things for love. Maybe it's that each of us has a different threshold for what we're willing to do and when. Which brings me to the next story. It involves a woman I'm calling Jamie. When Jamie got divorced after a long marriage to her college sweetheart, she says she kind of went a little nuts. She'd meet someone, instantly fall in love, and plan a future around that person and then she'd go out of her way to make the relationship work because she was already so invested. Jamie had a series of really bad relationships. One time, she even moved to a different state and bought a house to live in with a brand-new boyfriend and his 13-year-old son. That didn't last long. Jamie left town and moved back to where she used to live when she was married. Her ex was moving across the country, and she bought his townhouse from him. But that's not all. Jamie vowed to take things really slow the next time she met someone she was attracted to, but she knew she couldn't do it alone, so she decided to get a housemate, someone who would not only keep her company, but who Jamie would feel accountable to. Guess who Jamie asked to be her housemate? You'll never guess. Her ex-mother-in-law. Let's call her the outlaw. I asked Jamie the question you're probably wondering yourself. Jamie,
2: why your outlaw? I've always had a good relationship with her. I've known her for 30 years. And I was living by myself. And I knew that she was struggling financially. So I just thought that if I... And I knew that there were other things that I thought she would be better off living closer to a city where she can go to good doctor's offices. And, mm-hmm. and so I offered that she can move in with me. Um, and I would help her get back on her feet.
0: It was not like it was like a fresh divorce where she was a fresh presence in your life. No, uh,
2: but she never, like, I. we were never cut off. When we got divorced, I didn't lose connection with my in-laws. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, was still invited to, like, when his... Um, grandmother passed away, I was still invited to her funeral. And, you know, uh, I know some people just cut off entirely, right. but I still had relationships with them from from some perspective. It got a little complicated when he remarried, so I wasn't invited to, like, some of the things, <laughs> like the wedding. But uh, having somebody in the home, she'll have a community. Uh-huh. And then at the same time, it, it helped me, too, because A, it helped me financially, which mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot of money, but, uh, you know, any little bit helps Um, But really it was also having my own companion because I had just gotten out of a relationship and that um, had ended, you know, abruptly and I was lonely. So does she have her own little apartment or she's got her own floor? In my basement, like uh, the kind of basement which backs out, there's a sliding glass door out to the patio. Uh She has her own space down there. Uh The problem is it doesn't have a door on it. Um, So... She doesn't have as much privacy as she probably, but she does have her own bathroom. Right. Um, but she has to share a kitchen, and so my thing is just the shared space should be kept clean and everything. Right. And then, right. you know, we kind of work around each other's schedules. We do we, like sometimes I'll ask her if she'll pick something up because she's not working during the day, and so she'll do uh-huh. an errand for me once in a while. And she drives. Yes, she does drive.
0: Has it met your expectations? It's, or first of all, were your expectations <laughs> low or high?
2: <laughs> well, I think um, I think we both had different expectations, Uh which we had to kind of come to terms with as well, Mm -hmm. um, because she thought she was moving in to help me, and I thought she was moving in so that I could help her. And then, um, so we've had our ups and downs. What is it like dating with her in the house? So she moved in on Sunday, and I met my boyfriend on Saturday, that following Saturday.
0: Okay, let me explain this because it may be a little confusing. Six months before her outlaw moved in, Jamie met someone at a meetup group. She was interested, but nothing came of it. Less than a week after her outlaw moved in, Jamie ran into the same man at another meetup. And this time, the sparks really fly, and she decides pretty quickly that he's the one. Jamie never even had the chance for her accountability plan to kick in. But this new man has his own complications. Let's go from the moment where they meet for the second time.
2: I went over and I um, introduced myself and he said, yeah, I know. We've Aww. met before. Aww. And I was like telling him things. He goes, yeah, I know. You told me. Laura, he remembered everything oh, that so, I had told him. That alone is so appealing. I know. Somebody Listen. <laughs> And they
0: remembered six months later.
2: I couldn't believe it. That was a Saturday night, and on Monday I realized he had messaged me on the Meetup app, uh-huh. and he had actually sent me a message, like not just a "Hey, it's nice to meet you." Uh-huh. He had sent me a, like an email message saying oh. it was really nice to meet you. Oh. I would love to get together with you sometime. Here's oh. my number. Um, oh, how exciting. So yeah, it was really so. So then I did. I called him. We ended up meeting at another meetup that Monday where I dragged my mother-in-law to the meetup Oh, because I was hoping he was there. And (laughs) so she met him and she liked him too. And after we left, she's like, well, if you don't jump on my (laughs) will. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, no. (laughs) But, uh, and then he asked me out. So the next day we had our first date, but um, I think, you know, we were dating a while, and I don't know how long we were dating before I realized that although he was separated, mm. um, he was still living in the house uh, with his wife because their children um, were still home.
0: And in Virginia, you're allowed to do that, separated while living under the same roof.
2: The kids are now all off at college and stuff, but there's still some complications because if you leave your house without a signed agreement, you can, you know, abandonment issues. And So there's no signed property settlement agreement? No. So we're working on that. We're not. He is, but yeah. but you know what? It, this has been um, this has been a test of patience with me, and um, it's been really hard. Um, some days are harder. Like the holidays are really hard. Um, but I keep on reminding myself that I'm in this for the long haul. That this isn't something that I just want temporary. That I want it permanently. And so it makes it a little easier to be patient. And you know, because I he definitely a good guy.
0: And I think um, just, okay, people listening to
2: this, Mm -hmm. their first reaction might be (laughs) "sucker." Well, I had a lot of friends (laughs) who were really uncomfortable with it and family. Um, And didn't you check her Facebook statuses? separated or something. So she's,
0: yeah, 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 she's on board with this. And
2: she tells people she's divorced. I thought he was telling me the truth from the get go. He doesn't seem like the type that would lie. But Laura, there are people who would like, there are people and I, and you hear it all the time about people who you think that they're single. I have a friend who had happened to recently.
0: I really strive available
2: it's so hard though. So like oh, how yes. do you know if somebody's available, right? Well, that's the thing. And so it's like, and what is the definition of available? So it's like, do you say to somebody, Oh, wait, before we start dating, I want right. to see your divorce papers? Right. After things started getting dragging out. I said to him, you know, I really wish you had waited. Yeah. Because you really weren't available.
0: Um, have you thought in your head, okay? this is when I'm going to say enough is
2: enough? Well, you know, it's funny because I've had a lot of conversations with him Mm -hmm. about are you sure you don't want to get back with your wife? Mm -hmm. Because I'm a believer in marriage and I'm a believer in long-term relationships and I know that they take a lot of work and I think that it's worth the work if both parties are willing to do it. But I just have to trust.
0: You posted on social media that you were looking for a space Yes. Oh, oh,
2: oh. So, no, 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 that's <laughs> fine. Um, I have my own depression issues. Mm-hmm. And so having someone in the house who is going through a depression is really difficult on me. Yes. And um, and I've told her, I said, this is, it's my issue. It's not yours. But however, if I didn't care about you, maybe it wouldn't make the difference. Right. But seeing, you know, when you're down, it's really hard on me. Right. And so we're actually looking at alternatives for her, for living. Uh-huh. Um, but I have you know we've i've asked her to make a list of what she's looking for in a place uh-huh. and then um we've been looking around you know i'm in communication with her kids as well about it and then
0: your ex-husband mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. his
2: brothers does it kind of bother
0: you that you seem to be the one you know just trying to figure out the future of this woman who has 3
2: well you know i think if she had daughters it would be different
0: does she have daughters in law
2: um she does <laughs>
0: okay then <laughs> Thank you for talking with me. You know, a lot of us have lost older family members, mothers and fathers, in-laws and outlaws. I think it's kind of a beautiful thing, a little out there, but beautiful that Jamie shared her home and her life this way for two years. Jamie's outlaw has her own place now. Then Jamie's grown son bounced back home. So now Jamie has another housemate who's helping her with romantic accountability. That's probably a good thing because... Two and a half years after Jamie started dating her boyfriend, he's still living with his estranged wife. He still isn't any closer to a divorce. But Jamie is still waiting, more or less patiently, because that's what Jamie does for love. Okay, Dating While Gray listeners, I need your help. We've got an episode coming up about money, and I want to hear from you. How soon is too soon to talk about money? How do you even start that conversation? And of course, who pays for the first date?
2: If they're trying to find their partner and they're paying along the way for every woman they meet, they will keep, go broke. So the expectation that they will pay every time for every person they meet is just unrealistic.
1: So we went to a movie. It was my, my insistence that we you know, go Dutch. And she got a little irritated because I got the senior discount and she didn't.
3: Yeah, I rented it from him, you know, legally mm-hmm. and paid. The rent.
2: The only thing that I expect is if you're living there, under that terms you're gonna pay the rent. It doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. There's got to
0: be this give-and-take of this is what I can afford, this
2: is what I want to do, mm-hmm. and then you can start talking about your other priorities.
0: Call me at 202-895-GRAY that's 4729 and tell me your story about money. I can't wait to hear from you. 202-895-GRAY. It's a Sunday morning, and I'm at the home of Genevieve, a woman I know from my running group. Genevieve is in her early 50s, and she's recently single again. She's invited me and several other women over to her new home for brunch and to help her write an online dating profile. Yes. Genevieve is ready to take the plunge and do what it takes to find love online. But before this group of very practical women with very practical careers gets down to the practical business of crafting the profile, we're going to do something a little woo-woo. Okay, we're participating in a ceremony now where Genevieve is handing out pieces of paper. And we're supposed to, on this piece of paper, thank you, I'm going to definitely do it, we're going to write down qualities in our life that are holding us back or so
3: this is what we're releasing
0: what we're releasing
3: that is holding us back right that might be occupying space and preventing us from finding our beloved my name is Genevieve and i'm 52. so we're going to be using burning some white sage So once we have released the negative emotions and the things that we feel like have been preventing us from having that space to generate and to attract the things we want in our lives, we're going to use just burn the white sage and that attracts a more cleansing, positive energy. I would
1: like
0: to do that because I recently have something I've decided I need to let go of. (laughs) We're walking through the whole house with the sage, and I'm going to go. She said it's also a good opportunity to see her
3: house. Sort of smells like we're at a concert. (laughs) It was my nutritionist who told me about, um, one of my guests just kind Of reinforce that this is something she's done before, where it's a ritual that different cultures go through to sort of release ver- various emotions. So it could be grief, or it could be you know, you're still holding on to something because you had a relationship and you still have something there that you're holding on to anger, it's something bef- exactly before the relationship, like um, you know, some childhood thing, whatever. So it's, sometimes it's going to be hard for you to know exactly what to release, but I think I've given it some thought in terms of my beloved and what I want that to be and what, what I'm holding on and what I need to let go of in order to make way for that.
0: You um, said you wanted people to help you write an online dating profile. What made you think of this to do that?
3: So this is actually the second time I've done this. Um, when I was younger, and I guess maybe wow, maybe 2000, when online dating, it wasn't even online dating, it was you could put an ad in the paper, I think, before online dating. And I had um, some girlfriends over, I don't think any of these women were there, but some girlfriends over to help me. I I had actually put the ad in, so I had them come to vet (laughs) the candidates. (laughs) Okay, a little bit about me. What should I put here now? You just need to put a paragraph about what you seek, who you are. This is just, you know, to to share common interests or whatnot.
1: How would I uh, describe Genevieve? Um, Gorgeous, dresses beautifully, cultured. Um, It runs, runs beautifully and fast.
0: And stylishly. The rest of us are, you know, sweating and dripping and panting and... And she will run in the perfectly coordinated outfit and run faster and harder and well. And her hair looks beautiful. And her hair looks great.
3: You know, I think I want to have a partner, you know, somebody that you can really just, you know, this person has your back and you have their back and you trust them completely. And, you know, if you were to get sick, you don't have to worry about, you know, whether or not you have the same values and he's going to take care of your money or, you know, just somebody who you can really trust.
0: And you're in this beautiful townhouse and your parents are living with you. Do you think that's,
3: would you envision somebody coming right on in with the three of you? Probably not. (laughs) So I haven't really thought ahead to that yet because the parents living with me is a new thing. And I don't know, like I couldn't tell you what this person looks like. I've dated all kinds of men. So I, I would not be able to articulate what he looks like necessarily, but I could probably tell you I would want him to you know, be very gentle in the way that he touches me. And I, I know for sure I'd want him to smell good. <laughs> so, so I'm defining those parameters. <laughs> I can get on board with that. That
0: brunch was about a year ago. Genevieve reports that since then, her enthusiasm and motivation have faded She says she's lost her focus and hasn't devoted the time or the energy she knows it takes to do online dating right. Genevieve says her desire to date and to be more active exploring options online will come when the time is right. Amen, Genevieve. I can relate. When I started working on this episode, I thought it would be about how Stephen and Jamie and even Genevieve are doing so much more for love than I am. But the more I've thought about it, I've realized it's not how much you're doing for someone else. It's about figuring out what you're willing to do. And at Genevieve's party, I did write down a few things that I felt were occupying some emotional space and which might be holding me back from finding my beloved. My beloved. Doesn't that sound so sweet? And after Genevieve's party, guess what? I bought some sage. Seriously. I haven't burned it yet to attract more positive energy, but I will one day. Baby steps, people. Baby steps. (music) Dating While Gray is produced by Ponce Rutch, Patrick Fort, Ruth Tam, Julia Karen, and me, Laura Stassi. Our theme music is by Daniel Peterschmidt, and Mike Kidd mixes the show. WAMU's general manager is JJ Yore, and Andy McDaniel oversees everything we make here. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to datingwalgray at wamu.org or follow us on Facebook. Search for Dating While Gray and like our Facebook page. Or you can see what I'm up to on Twitter at Dating Gray. And of course, leave a voicemail, 202-895-GRAY. That's G-R-A-Y. Dating While Gray would not be possible without the support of WAMU's members. Make a gift now at wamu.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more stories of Dating While Gray.
3: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app.